You're listening to the You're Such a Catch podcast with your host, Aaron, <laughs> whose journey in dating and relationships is on full display for your empowerment, education, and honestly, your entertainment too. Hello, friends. Welcome to You're Such a Catch. If you're new to YSC, you're in for a real treat today. <laughs> my husband, my gay husband, A.A. Ron, and his real-life husband, mm-hmm, Josh, both join me today. Yes. A.A. Ron is no stranger to sitting across from me behind the mic. He's been on two other episodes, both in season one, episode seven, I found my soulmate and he's gay. And episode 10, straight dating, the struggle is real, which pretty much makes Aaron the most frequented guest on the show. (laughs) If you're in need of a laugh, seriously, listen to these episodes. I just listened to them last week and I was dying. They are the best medicine. For Josh, we popped his podcast cherry. I don't know how Josh does it. Being around Aaron 24-7, I'd pee my pants. I'd have a snorting attack. I just just can't with him. Today, Aaron and Josh are going to share their coming out stories. And Aaron does a little bait and switch on me. He puts me in the hot seat about my coming out story. Yeah, not about coming out about my sexuality, but coming out with dating outside of my race. But before he tickles your funny bone, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow You're Such a Catch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this episode hits home, maybe it makes you laugh, maybe it makes you cry or feel some kind of way, show A.A. Ron, Josh, and I some love by dropping a rate or review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget, You're Such a Catch is an independent podcast funded by mm -hmm, yours truly. To support the pod, you can join... YSC Unfiltered, a members-only site with access to bonus episodes, videos, blog posts, and more. A pledge of as little as $5 a month can offset production costs. To make your pledge, visit yoursuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered. You all know I'm a self-proclaimed fruit fly. I love and support the LGBTQ community. I do know, depending on where you were born, when you were born, and your upbringing, maybe your views may differ but I encourage you to listen to Aaron and Josh's story. You will see love is love. To James, Angel, Perry, Ty, Randy, Gerard, Kinley, and all the others who've left a lasting impact on my life through your stories, your courage, and your ability to be your true authentic selves. I see you, I support you, I appreciate you. YSC. I'm back, bitches! Oh my god. The people have been asking for this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Bumper. <laughs> oh, I brought my husband this time. I know. What they don't know is that we get a twofer. We got A.A. Ron. Hey, hey. And his husband, Josh, today. Menage a toi. That's oh. what I was thinking. It's a three-way with two men that don't like pussy. Erin's <laughs> <laughs> shit out of luck. She's a voyeurism. Excuse me? <laughs> she, she can watch. She can watch. I mean, it's actually a four-way because we got Charlie in the mix. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's queen cut, though. She ain't saying. trying to play. She oh eats her God. own box pretty well. 
<laughs> Must be nice, Charlie. Self-sufficient, huh? Oh, little cutie pie. Charlie is Aaron and Josh's adopted dog. Look at her. Look at me. Don't bite her. Well, I'm very far away. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. She's learning to behave. Yeah. So tell me about this journey as being adoptive parents. Ooh, girl. We started talking about getting... So wait, hold on. Let's go back. Two years ago for Valentine's Day, Josh got me a coupon. A coupon? 25 cents off at the grocery store. No, it was a coupon for a dog. And... and no, you're being serious. Serious. as a heart attack. He, my gift for Valentine's Day was I could go and adopt a, pu- a puppy. However, the issue with that was it was kind of brilliant on his side because I was traveling six to ten flights a week. I was gone six days yeah, a week. Yeah. He was lonely. He missed you. But there was no way he was going to allow me to get a dog when I'm not there to take care of the dog. So whatever. Life happens. We we did our thing. Life continued. And then this year, COVID hit, and I brought the subject back up, which I didn't bring it back up. It's been constantly on the table. But then I wanted to have that conversation again. And so we started dog hunting. I put in over 50 applications to multiple multiple agencies and these stuff out there right now and the applications are not like my name's Aaron I want a dog no it's like who's your fucking firstborn child who pays your mortgage what do you do for a living can you stand in your head and do burps I mean it was just like they're pretty intense and so we did that we did that eventually we get one person to call us back and it's um, a little selfless plug but it's called I stand with my pack and she said, hey, I have a dog that it's not a good fit for you, the one I wanted, because she was she had health issues with her spine. And she said, but I have other dogs in the pipeline that are not publicized yet that I mm-hmm. think you would be a good candidate for. So we went and met Miss Charlie at a park in San Dimas. Uh, for those of you guys know, it's kind of like 40 miles east of L.A. Okay. And we met her, and they tell me that she hates men. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we're two gays. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. We walked up and she came out and they said, she will snap at you. She will bite. And she walked up and she literally just sat on my feet. And she was, ever since then, we were like, okay, we'll take her for a walk. So we took her for an hour walk through the canyon. And we took her home for foster. And it was rough couple days. couple months. (laughs) Well, we've only had her for a couple months. It's still a little rough. But it was a rough couple couple days. And we decided just to adopt, to adopt her from foster. So foster to adopt situation. And we kept her. Yeah, she's got little behavioral issues. She's a little... Cunty, I guess I could say that. I don't know if <laughs> maybe you should plug her ears first. Oh, she's fine. She's got treats or uh dog bone. There she- are certain words like when I had my little pup that you couldn't say out loud or else it was like a trigger for him. One was W A L K. So hers is she, oh she don't give a shit about that. She, <laughs> she only thing she likes because she's a big girl inside is treat. Oh. And here she goes, cuddling. And she loves her treats, but now we can say anything. The, the technical term is food motivated. Oh, she's food motivated. But yes. That's it. She don't come when you call her. She don't sit when you tell her. She don't shake her hands. She don't do anything you tell her to do unless she has she's a reward. The queen. <sighs> yeah. But yeah. But how has she changed her life for the better? I have to get up at six in the morning daily, so I have a routine because I have to take her for a walk. <laughs> Wait, do you guys walk together or is this like a separate venture? No, so Josh sleeps in a little bit longer than I do. Typically in the morning, he takes a little bit longer to wake up. So I get up, take her in the morning. Okay. But she also goes to the restroom at 9.30, 10 before we put her in her crate. And Josh takes her in the evening. In the evening. Okay. And then we alternate between walk walks for lunch. And then in the evening, we take her for a good hour walk. Together. Together. 
And it's oh, like a little family cute. outing. And it's fun because Josh and I bring a bottle of wine and we walk <laughs> through the neighborhood and without fail. And we just bring like legit wine glasses. We just like fuck glass. It. We're, yeah. Well, no, they're plastic, but like we're old. So by You're the time really we're really not that old because but, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Okay. <laughs> you guys, we're talking 11 months. She'll be fine. But it's funny because every time. So for those of you guys, hold on, let me rewind. For those of you guys who know. Southern California. Everyone knows that PCH is the is the, the road to be on. We oh, live we live on PCH in Long Beach, which is the only section of the road you don't want to be on. Um, but you know, whatever, tomato, tomato. So we walk across PCH with our wine every night. You cross the traffic with the dog. We have to. Well, it's a cross. There's, there's, there's light oh, there's a and crosswalk. a crosswalk. Okay. And you never f- fear for your life. No, no, okay. no, no. I'm fearful of the people walking by because she bites. But so we always have our wine glasses with us, and without fail, there's always a cop. Like oh. that fell. And I'm just like, we are drunk in public. We but have open Long container. Beach, they don't care. <laughs> but more importantly, my whole thing is. Are you crossing a rainbow crosswalk? Because I do love those there. No, that's downtown. That's, downtown. that's the, the, the gay ghetto or the gayborhood, however you want to look at that, where we used to live. Yeah. But my whole thing is, Aaron, if the cop was to flip his lights and come over and get us, I will chug that fucking wine and throw the glass in the bushes and be like, you have no evidence. <laughs> Not today, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my so this is squirrel really quick. So I haven't told you this story yet, but okay. I have this really good girlfriend in Temecula. Well, it's actually really funny. So I have this good girlfriend in Temecula. We She's actually, that good? Why don't I know her name? Ex- well, her name's Sarah. Okay. But here, Hi, Sarah. <laughs> but here's the best part. Like, we really haven't hung out a lot in person, but we, like, know of each other. And, like, I used to help her and hook her up with car deals. So we Marco Polo all the time together. And a couple weeks ago, she might kill me for telling this story, but whatever. <laughs> so she, a couple weeks ago, takes her girlfriend. Her girlfriend wants to take some, like, sexy shots. Like, you know, like, do a, like what, what do you call it? No, no, no. No, oh. she's she's with a dude. And, oh. and the, the other girl was going to do it for her dude. I got excited. Okay. But, um, it, you know, like, what do you call it? Like a, a boudoir, like, photo shoot? Some horse photos. Is that what it's sexy. called? Sexy. No, I don't know. Se- sexy, yeah. yeah sexy. So, so she's in her outfit. And they or drive up, yeah. And they drive up into the middle of nowhere. But I know exactly where they went to go take these photos because, oh my god, he's got a burp. He just I blew it away it. like he was like in eighth grade. There'll be a fart in about thirty minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. They already know about our bodily functions, you know. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um. So, so she and her girlfriend. I'm going to take these photos and she's like styling the photo shoot or whatever. And then there's a photographer there, right? And she's telling me how like people are driving down this like deserted road, but seeing her friend like half dressed and, you know, like, you know, they're honking and whatever. And so they're kind of hiking into the woods a little bit to take these photos. And then all of a sudden they stumble across. Boy Scouts. No. Oh. <laughs> You never know. Worse. Girl Scouts <laughs> without cookies. <laughs> no Samoas. <laughs> no. <laughs> they stumble across a trash bag that has hair coming out of it. Like a weave? <laughs> or is it like a body? So that is where we don't know what happened, okay? Oh, Sarah, we got to talk. I, I need know. some details. No. no, so here's where this goes, okay? This goes south very quickly. So instead of really identifying what is in this bag, she also sees a credit card 
in the dirt. Shopping. And she picks up the credit card and then realizes, like, maybe she shouldn't have touched it because there is hair Finger coming brains. out of a... Have you seen NCIS? <laughs> That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I was like, hello. So you know what she did? She cleans off the credit card with her sweater. So her sweater fibers are now on the credit card. Do you know what we call that? That's mentioned she got rid of any evidence that might have been on there. Exactly! But oh. we call that DB. <laughs> DB? DBS, really. What does that mean? Dumb bitch syndrome. Oh. <laughs> I knew exactly where he was going with that. I had no idea. I only know of an ID10T error. What? ID10T. Which means? I... 747. Right over my head. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many T's. I, I can't string a sentence together with that many T's. I D 10 T. Idiot. Oh, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> you, got you guys two don't of know them that one? Two of them, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Girl, can we go get my helmet out the car? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm a fan of alliteration, but fuck, that's a lot. <laughs> you guys don't he know? legit tried to come up with a 10 T sentence. Oh my God. We like, used to I tell that to people. This is horrible. <laughs> we used to tell that to people at Home Depot. We'd be like, oh, don't Did you worry. work there? I did. <gasps> that was my first oh, job. Me too. You did? Oh, we both had orange aprons? Oh college, my God. In the paint section. Shut up. I had no idea. How have we not bought yeah, it over the Yeah, They call that the Homo Depot. I'm surprised yeah. you haven't eaten that's why box. I call it the Homo Depot. I have not eaten any box. But I had an orange apron, and we used to use that all the time. We'd be like, well, sorry, sir, that's an ID10 tier. And he had, they would have no idea. Oh, that's genius. Oh, my God. That okay. is genius. But anyway, so Sarah came across a bag with some hair in it. She thinks it's an animal. It could be a human. She didn't call the cops. I'm worried about it. She dusted her prints off of the credit card, threw the credit card back, and left. But these boudoir photos, I'm sure, are lit. <laughs> Well, now if Riverside PD ever gets their hands on this, they know mm. that Sarah did this. I know. Well, we won't say Sarah's last name. Let's hope Sarah was waxed, so there's no hair on that in that in that sweater. <laughs> How did I even get on the story of telling you about Sarah's dead body? <laughs> I can't tell you. But we're here. But we're here. Somehow we went from talking about us adopting a dog to your friend potentially aiding and abetting a murderer. (laughs) Exactly. I I told her though, I was like, this is not good. I don't know how I went from what was (laughs) You know, I think you need more champagne. More champagne. (laughs) For those listening, that you just cracked our first bottle. (laughs) Oh, that's a lie. After the second case. His nose just grew like Pinocchio. It can't like, grow much bigger, bitch. I'm like six feet from this from the microphone, and my nose is almost touching it. Like <laughs> it's quite large. <laughs> oh my god! I really wonder where I was going with that, though. That really bothers me that I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Your listeners will give us notes later. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, if you guys are following, we'd appreciate any feedback. I, I have one question to ask though before we we move on to the do next you subject. To, do you want me to ring in the next caller? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, this could be like love line. Oh, I would love to do some Dr. Drew. Oh. I'm trying to, you guys, just just for all of you out there who are on Clubhouse, I've been trying to talk Aaron into doing a Clubhouse room with me, and he doesn't really understand the concept. I thought it was a bathhouse, and I had to go get plowed <laughs> out by some of our visitors or listeners, and I was like, this is a little deep for me. We all know that's not happening. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm all talking. No game. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yeah. That's why you guys get along so well. Because it's the each quiet ones sentences. that are the crazy ones. See what I mean? Ooh, Charlie. <laughs> this one. 
I know. He's so cute and innocent. And he doesn't he, he's never even had his eyebrows done. And I'm just going to have to post a photo of his eyebrows because they are sheer perfection. Not Charlie's, Josh's. <laughs> oh. Charlie looked up. <laughs> I know, sweet baby. So you talking about me? No. Did somebody we say had, treat? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I would like a treat. I guess I have one. Cheers to that. Cheers, Clinky. bitches. Oh, yes. God. I love you guys. Clinky. I love you. Oh okay. And for those of you guys who are listening and want to hear more of me, my Venmo is. No. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you have an OnlyFans? For what? Fat middle-aged men with small penises? Seriously? Girl, we're about, between the two of us, we're about 50 to 60 pounds too heavy to have an OnlyFans. Uh, oh, but there is chub, slight chub chasers, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of, like, I I would love to do would a little you bit do of education. Would I would do one? Yeah. Uh, what, what would I be doing? Yourself? Yeah. Excuse yeah, me? Yourself. Left hand, know. right hand. What are straight guys like? I don't know what straight guys like either. Titties. <laughs> That's what gay men like. Oh, I'm going to play with yours later tonight. Not sexually, though. <laughs> no. Not sexually? They're fun bags. They, oh, I don't get okay. aroused. No. No, no, doesn't do anything for you besides that. No. Josh don't even like boobs. Oh, I'm well, indifferent. He's indifferent. I'm agnostic. Oh, okay. It's just a boob. To me, I'm just like, can I grab it and throw it around? <laughs> subcutaneous adipose tissue. You know, my I, I'm very Excuse fearful Excuse me, of, could you repeat that? Because I have never heard that before. Subcutaneous adipose tissue. Is that just mean fat? It's a nice way of saying it. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is, if you guys hear how I speak and then you hear how he speaks, marry up. It works every time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Like, you, you guys do very much balance each other out. So I want to hear about the story of how you met. I also want to hear about the story of how you both, like, came out. Because I think that's hugely important and something that we should be celebrating more, not just, like, around Pride and stuff. But I think, like, the more and more I get to know the gay community, the more and more, like, I realize just how, like, brave and courageous and remarkable, like, everybody's story is. Because everybody's story is different and everybody realizes it in a different way. But then when it comes about, like... I can't even imagine what that must have felt like to go to your family and for the first time and say, hey, I'm side, a little different. Like kind of side sidetracking a little bit. So like Aaron and I are, are we just got on to RuPaul's Drag Race. I know we're terrible gays. Yeah, <laughs> you we're are on not seasons terrible of war gays. from 10 years ago, we're, but we're, we're getting there. We're going back and rewatching from the beginning. And it's crazy because like it's been on for like, what, like 13 years now? Yeah. So it's... You know, and, and listening to the, some of the stories from the first few seasons, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that happened. And I forgot, like, that's the way things used to be because it's so normal to us today. But we'll go through our stories. But at the same time, Aaron, we have to flip the script on you because you've kind of had some coming out stories as well. Not in a sexual way with same sex, but mm -hmm. with racial, interracial dating. Yeah. And coming from small town and how that is mm -hmm. just not accepted. Mm -hmm. It's become accepted, but it's you've also had the same struggles if we put it into kind of a higher picture overview, yeah, right? Sure. Um, so I'll start with my coming out story. So let me just tell you guys this. I grew up in tap and jazz as a kid when I was four to seven years old at an all black studio in Riverside. So do I was you have photos of this? Please? I do, I do. I was the only only child there that was white, besides my 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 brother. But it was a pretty big production and we were the two token white kids there. And I say white, I mean, I'm pretty much white, but my dad's Spanish, my mother's Italian, but I look like a white American mm -hmm. guy. 
And then I moved from there to gymnastics. So it wasn't like a big deal to me. It was just like I was that queer kid. Like floor Always. routine or like bars? No, floor, bar, horse, vault. Horse. I mean, we did okay. still love them. It just seemed like it wasn't, it was like part of my normal life. And mm-hmm. then and then as I got older, I, I had my first really kind of fling with a guy when I was 23 to 25. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, you were dating women. I was dating women. Uh-huh. And I had two women I dated for four years straight. And plus in... From you had two separate relationships grade. of four years each. So I for eight from years of your seventh grade to tenth grade. Okay. And that's when I, my first sexual experiences, basically. And then from I'll say eleventh, twelfth grade, and then maybe a six months after twelfth grade, had another one. And then I was a church guy oh. where I worked at the church teaching first grade okay. to Bible studies to the kids on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh-huh. And I ended up going to church camp, and I had 13 young little first graders I was responsible for and for the week. And then one of the kids, Isaiah, his mother, <laughs> would come up, and we totally banged in the bushes at church camp. Shut up! Swear to God. Stop it and right now. And she was 13 years older than me. I was uh-huh. 20. And we dated for two and a half, three years. We were talking marriage. Her kids called me dad. It was very. She had four kids. It Whoa. was very bizarre. Um, I feel like I don't know this story, and I've yeah. known you for a long time. And I'm not going to drop some husband. names or nothing. Yeah, but then I, I just you banged in the bushes at church, church camp. camp. Not really quite a bush, <laughs> but like behind a tree. But we were in the dirt, and just basically still had clothes on. It's where boy meets Aaron, women parts, and things how? happened. She had her insides ripped out, so I was no way to knock her up. So there's no Excuse need for a condom. Me? <laughs> she, <laughs> she had oh, a little. So yeah, God. we'll talk about that another day. But so I went from there, and then then I got. I just woke up one day and I called her and I was like, I just don't feel right. And we decided to part ways. And Uh then two weeks later, I was... Explain to me what didn't feel right to you. Because prior to this, you had been dating women. So that seems like you're on the right path. I would be having sex picturing males in the bed. Like it was just like, like in my mind, I knew I was gay my whole life. But I was doing whatever satisfied the society and the family Mm -hmm. and -hmm. doing whatever just needed to be done. And then I just was like, fuck it. You know what? I'm 24 years old. I don't care anymore. 23 maybe. And I'm just over it. So she was completely supportive. I didn't tell her I was coming out or anything like that. And we went our separate ways. And it was totally fine. I left the church. Was it hard for you to separate from the children because you were saying that they were calling you kind of dad? It was weird. I would get Father's Day cards. Like, it was very, very, very deep. It was very weird. And it really wasn't because the kids, like, I don't know. I I broke up with the situation and not just the person. And I was good with that. Yeah. So then I went and dated a guy for six months and... We broke up because he didn't tell me he was a drag queen. And I went to a bar and he came out in a dress and ready to put a show on. And I was like, fuck that. Um, not Wait, my why, thing. why were you? Because I feel like you love a drag queen now. I was just pissed. The fact that oh. I didn't know for six months and we were dating. And then came along Josh. And Josh and I met on a website because there was no... It was we, pre-app. We didn't have apps back in the uh-huh. day. So we've been together for 12 years. Married for five this year. We're kind of the old gays in that respect. We dated for a couple weeks. Josh came over to my house. Me and my cousin, Tammy, we lived together. And Josh and I were coming home from Disneyland one night. And we walked in and my mother was in the living room. 
hanging out with her niece. And I was uh-huh. like, no warning. No warning. No one okay. told a bitch. Like, I mind you, we had cell phones, but they were the ones that, you know, with Snake and the Nokia's. Snake? The Nokia Ooh. phones where there was a Snake game on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember. Um, Aaron grew up privileged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a cell phone until I was in college. I was, Me either. I was okay. 20 years old when I got mine. So yeah, I same thing. I remember Pong or. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Okay. So the same, same type of games. So then I, I walked in and we both turned white. And mind you, my husband's fairly dark skinned uh-huh. compared to me. Wait, he, Josh, you turned white too? We both were just like, oh shit. So I looked at him and I go, Because at this point you were like dating, but you had I wasn't out. Got it. But your cousin knew. My cousin knew. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were were close. So I put Josh in my room, went out and talked to my mom. You put Josh in your room. I was like, Josh, you need to go hang out in my room. I, Uh I need to have this conversation with my mother. So I went out and my mom was like, who's that? And I was like, oh, that's the guy I'm dating. And she was like, oh. And that's kind of how I came out to my mother. And it was Valentine's Day. And it was Valentine's Day. So then I had to call my dad, okay. right? And my dad is... Wait, and you had to call your dad because your mom was like, you need to tell your father? No, we're not a close family like that. No, my dad, it just, it was the right thing to do. Okay. So the next week So you're like, so, it's out, cat's out the bag to mom. I'm going to... My mother has a mouth. So she's oh, going to go tell mm-hmm. everybody, right? Yeah. It is what it is. So I go call my dad and I'm telling him, dad, I'm, I'm gay. And he goes... <laughs> Without fucking missing a beat. I knew you were funny the minute you fell out of your mother. <laughs> and I was just like, well, that was easy. <laughs> and that's all he said. And that's all he said. And, and no judgment, nothing. I mean, no, not really judgment, but to this day, it's still a rough subject for them. Right? Okay. Like, mind you, we, we got married and it was very awkward. We had a, we brought them, if it wasn't for us paying for them to come up to the wedding mm-hmm. and all expense paid trip basically to come up to Tahoe for the, or to Reno. Tahoe sounds so much better. But to Reno for the wedding, it they would have never have came. But that's kind of basically how I came out. Wow. That's my coming out. Long-winded coming out story. But I think that's very interesting and kind of late lays the groundwork. But, you know, the more and more stories I hear, the more and more I think it's normal that men were pursuing relationships with women. Even though they knew, like, in the back of their mind. Because, like you just said, like— the societal norms, the pressures, the kind of like wanting to fit in or whatever, and then realizing something is off. And it's not until you kind of feel okay with it. I I mean, and like you said, like it's come a long way, right? But it hasn't been that much time. You guys have been married for five years, but you've been together for 12. Like, and I bet you like in the beginning, it was a lot different than it is today. I'm still very like socially awkward. Like I don't like holding hands. Josh, I will be in Target and Josh will just... Straight grabbing my ass cheeks and jiggling them like fucking cake, 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 and, and it's just like it's. <laughs> he's totally comfortable with it. Fuck you and your thoughts around us, and and I'm I more recluse and I shut down, even though I'm the loud, obnoxious one. Mm-hmm. Then I get drunk and then I'm just like, oh, it's everything. Fuck you all. I'm I'm on his level. He's there naturally. Plus I'm there. <laughs> plus my mouth, right? I need to be there, and it works good, honey. Um, <laughs> You know, for Christmas in my stocking, I always get chapstick. Uh, so, <laughs> so like, I don't get there unless I'm buzzed. Josh mm-hmm. is there naturally because he's so much more comfortable. And I think that is a testament to his family's acceptance and how he came out and how that worked out for him. So I'll flip it over to you. But I'll tell you this really quick before we go there. How much do I owe you for this counseling session? <laughs> <laughs> it's free. 
Avery comes with the, you know, taking me on friends for life. So how'd you come out? I just ripped the Band-Aid off and told my parents, but it was late. I was like 23 or 24. So post-college. But you never dated women, right? No, I'm Gold Star. Yeah, which is... Awesome. Yeah, I will tell you though. Because Do your listeners I lo- know what Gold Star is? Well, I will say I didn't know a lot of this. Like you guys have educated me definitely. And I definitely want to go into some of that too, because I think it's good just for people to understand the knowledge. But like I use the term platinum to another gay man and he had never heard of that before. And so I was like, oh yeah, never been with a woman and also came out C-section. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, how do I know this? And like, you're a gay man and you don't know this. So It's like saying happy birthday to someone and saying, oh, happy 25th anniversary of rubbing your face on your mother's cooch. Like like, (laughs) that is really what it is. Like, (laughs) Right, yeah. But if you're platinum, that never happened. we We only learned that because of Gerard. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah cuz that's Wait, this is not like platinum a, friend. Well, right, but this is not like a like uh, like it's not like okay, not I'm gay lingo. and this is like gay lingo, like it's learned. Gold star is. Like gold, gold star, star is. Yeah. But I would say a lot of this lingo comes from the older gays that paved the path and hid behind shadows. Mm-hmm. And and that was how they talked to you. Just like wearing an earring in your left ear, right? I think that's your left. That signifies that you're gay. And no it, way. It, that if, was the thing. And if it's your right, honeys, you guys... I think it was bigger in the Don't 90s. throw fucking shade at me. But I'm, I say that because it, as we have these friends who are more established in the community and have lived this behind the shadows for so many years, we have these conversations where we're just like, oh, shit. It's way different. We grew up in a very open... Was it looked frowned upon? Absolutely. But you weren't stoned to death. You were not beat. Your ass was not beat. You were not raided by the police. You were not murdered for being who you are where, in where we're at at our age level. Mm-hmm. Whereas 10 years, I mean, somebody that's 50 years old, 40, 48 years old, fought a way different battle. Someone yeah. 60, 70 years old paved the way. They're the stonewall fucking gays mm-hmm. that made it to where we could be at today. That's where we learned that lingo from is having those conversations with those established people who paved the way prior to us getting here. Well, it's still even changed a lot. Cause I mean, like when we were in elementary and, and junior high school, it's like, you could get beat up for being gay. Yeah. Or you'd, you'd be called faggot. You'd be called queers. I mean, like, yeah, like people would get bullied. Like um, there were Spanish terms that, cause I don't speak Spanish, even though I'm, I'm Mexican. It looks oh, funny. Cause I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yo hablo español. Yeah. Mi español es muy poquito. But, ¿Por qué? Me llamo Maria Vamanos. But no, like, you know, we grew up, I grew up, my brothers and I, we grew up speak, you know, playing soccer and, you know, you, you, you know, the Latin kids would always be like, hey, wait, throw the ball away. And just assume that was like, hey, homie. And then like I learned Spanish later on, like in college and stuff. And be like, no, that's a, a pejorative term in Spanish for a fag. No way. Yeah. So like, you know, like. And, they, hey, and like, you hadn't verbally said to them, like, this is my. Well, they said it to everybody. Like, the, that's, oh. just, like that's just like something that you say. Like, you know, it's like guy talk, like, you know, hey, that's... loser. Oh, so gay. But like, yeah, it was always like. It's in everything in society. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, when you're growing up in like elementary school, junior high, high school, being gay was bad. So, I mean, I was deep in the closet. I mean, all the way up until like my junior, senior year of college before I like finally started like coming out to people and like experimenting with guys. And I I didn't tell my parents. And my parents were, my parents are very progressive. Very progressive. But even still, it's like you have that like that, little voice in the back of your head where like you're not sure and then like my extended family like my dad's side of the family are like very traditional conservative catholic mexican 
And my mom's side of the family, they're much more progressive, but still, it's like you just don't know how like your family's going to They're part react. of like the fuck it society. Like they don't care what people think. They're going to do what they want to do and mm-hmm. it's their way. But even still, way. it's like when I did tell my parents, I didn't tell my parents until I had my first boyfriend. And my mom was, she said she was surprised. She swears to this day, like, I had no idea. I, my dad was like, oh, I've known forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? But you need, to, you need to go back to really quick. Because your very first concert, to me, just paved the way for how queer you were. <laughs> like, how old were you? Where did you go see? And who went with you? So, I don't even remember what birthday it was. I think it was like eighth my... birthday? No, it was my eighth <laughs> birthday. Was it eighth? <laughs> Because we, we lived I on I was Mount- like, dang, you were progressive going to concerts at eight. <laughs> we lived on nice. Mount Baker, so it had to be like my 11th or 12th. Still but young. My parents took me to Janet Jackson. Okay. Um, and how amazing on was On his that? request. It was amazing. No, it was a surprise. Oh, okay. I didn't request it. They surprised me because they're like, we're going to take you to see your favorite Jackson. And I was like, well, there's only two. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't MJ, honey. <laughs> I'm not going to go see Tito. <laughs> Poor Latoya. <laughs> Poor Latoya. <laughs> Poor Tito and Latoya. Um, no, so my first concert, my parents took me to go see Janet Jackson. Aaron thinks that that's just like, oh my God, you're so super gay because apparently straight guys can't like Janet Jackson. You can, but I mean, if, if that's going to be your first concert and your parents think that that is going to be an epic surprise for you, they obviously saw your toes twiddle before you were willing to fucking tell oh, them. Oh, I, in my really? opinion. No, I think where in my mind where I th- like I believe my dad is like he was driving me to soccer practice one time and he was like, "You really like TLC, don't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I really love TLC." Don't go chasing <laughs> waterfalls. Like as an Please adult thinking back on that, I'm like, "Okay, that was my dad like kind of probing me." I love that your dad was so intuitive and he knew. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. His family is super fucking cool. Like, I hit the jackpot on in-laws. He got fucked. Like, my my family sucks. He doesn't seem bothered by it No, no, he's good because we just don't see them and ignore them unless they need money. We don't ignore Um, your family. Your family can be cool. Your family is very, like, stereotypical loud Italian. So, like, they are. We'll just be like, shut up. Yeah, it's very just, like, I remember the first time I brought him to my aunt's house who has this, like, 1,200-square-foot kitchen, mm-hmm. just the kitchen. And we were there for, like, Christmas dinner or something, and Josh is standing in the corner, and I'm just like, are you okay? Are you okay? This is, like, year one or two we were dating. He's like, everyone's so fucking loud and angry at each other. I'm like, no one here's mad. We're just loud. Like, yeah. it is what it is. And if we are mad... <laughs> Fuck you and fuck you back. And then we're done. It's over. And it just, it made me laugh. And then I go to his family and it's just like, everyone wants hugs. And we sit there and we drink wine. And like, we went to Mexico six years ago for his brother's 30th birthday. And me and Josh, we were on getting, (laughs) I decided to go. And this is kind of funny, actually. I went and negotiated with one of the beach people getting all nine of us massages for an hour on the beach. Uh-huh. And so I worked of this deal. Of course you did. Of like, course well, you yeah. did. It's Mexico. Everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. She started $120 a person. I got her down to like $22 a person. Like we fucking went for it, right? Well, we tipped heavy. And I'm sitting there on the table and I finally face up. And mind you, we have shorts on. We're on the beach. So there's no like draping or anything. And we're sitting there and getting my massage. Next thing I know, somebody is like straight playing with my balls. And I'm like... Wait, what? Yeah. So I'm like, just like... Was it Josh? No, 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 hold on. It gets better. So it just like grabs my balls and they're like shaking them violently. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is... I don't know if it's good or bad. Do I get a boner? Like, what do I do? Like, so I open my eyes. It's fucking his dad. No! Stop (laughs) it! Stop it! (laughs) 
And his dad's like, mijo, mijo, mijo. Is that all you're working with? (laughs) Talking shit. And I was just like, oh my God. And it's just like, that's the type of love we have on his side of the family where like my mom and dad would never go with us on vacation because they'd be embarrassed to go with us in public. Like, it's just a different fucking vibe. And so, I don't know. I look at that in a very positive way. You have to tell them about how we had to pull Nana out of the weeds. In the median on the freeway? (laughs) Okay, so... For those of you guys who have ever been down to the uh, Riviera Maya down in Mexico, we are staying about 45 minutes. This is a total sidetrack story, but it's fucking Fine. funny. We scroll no, all the it's time. related to my family to kind of just so, show like their demeanor. Yeah. So Nana, okay, you guys, let's picture Nana. So Nana is was a very successful businesswoman. She she retired. She's living her best life since 2006. And Nana is gorgeous. She's like five foot one on a good day. She's a little old. Hispanic woman, right? And not traditional Hispanic woman. Like you tell her to get in the kitchen, she'll tell her to go fuck herself and then give her a credit card to go buy dinner because Nana don't cook. Mm-hmm. But we're in Mexico. And if you've ever been to Riviera Maya, you know that you have to take either a taxi or a bus from the hotel up to Cancun for for for, for the, the, the day trips. Everything that could range out. from about 45 minutes to an hour, hour ride. However, what we figured out is that the locals do is go stand on the side of the freeway at night because there's one road in and out. It's a double side. Throw your thumb up and this random white van will pull up. You get in there for $3. You just get in. And it does a round trip to Cancun, down to Tulum, to the Belizean border, and then back up. So, And it's safe. So we've done it a thousand times. So we're with his, yeah, (laughs) we're with his grandma, his dad. So Nana's with his mom, dad, brother, sister, his sister-in-law's parents. Like there's nine of us. Or seven. However many. Seven or nine, whatever. So we get in this bus. We're going. We come back from Cancun and we are hammered. Like, hammered. Like, we're like, like, oh, fuck. We have to tell the guy. Every, somebody has to be awake to tell him to stop at our hotel because there's no stops. You just tap the driver and he'll pull it's over on the road. Informal. It's the Mexican Uber for $3. I mean, how do you go for an hour and $3? Like, go fuck yourself. That's what we need that year in America. And it's like a legit freeway. And so there's three, two or three lanes of traffic going 80 miles an hour both directions. So when you get out, you have to run across the freeway, like uh-huh. Ciudado, the signs in San Diego. So like the whole family's holding hands running across the freeway. And there's a median. Nana don't see it. Oh, Lord. And Nana face plants into the middle of the freeway. Uh-huh. And to the median. To the median. She's in the bushes, right? Uh-huh. But she's holding onto his dad's hand. Uh-huh. And next to Pablo, his name's dad's name, Pablo. Nana, her, his arm jerks and Nana's missing. She's in the fucking weeds and the grass is like three feet tall. So Nana's like in the median. She disappeared. Disappeared. And we pick her up and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> Nana's like 75 at this time. Or <laughs> she's probably covered in a bruise. Oh, no, she had to get like, um, if it, they were going to try and give her stitches, but they put steri strips. Like she ripped her, she ripped her shin pretty hard. But like it was dark. And like, it was we like literally were night. like, where's Nana? <laughs> Go back and get She's in the middle of the freeway. Hey, fuckers, you left me here. <laughs> I was like, cartoon. <laughs> she was, but, like, we got to this point because she's just like hanging with us. We're like buying buckets of beer, fucking gigantic bowl margaritas. size margaritas. Oh, and fabulous. Everyone's just getting shit face drunk and Nana's just hanging with the crowd. Drinking with the best of us. And mind you, she's, I told you, Half 85 pounds, I mean, sopping wet. Oh, I mean, I love Nana. I've learned, I've heard tons of stories about have, Nana. She's and coming all in a couple amazing. weeks. Oh, but I, you're not vaccinated. I'm not vaccinated. Okay. 
I mean, I can wear my mask and stay six feet away. Park. Yeah, we could do park brunch. Yeah, yeah that I would, would be fabulous. Because like, Nana and, and is meet Nana. Because I've heard so much about her. I mean, but you know, it's also interesting. Like Nana is so Nana's one step above your parents, right? From a different generation, and she has obviously accepted this relationship from day one. I feel like. Well, it's it's to put okay well, nowhere like she's coming from. So like, like my great grandparents were like one of the first Hispanic families to move into Boyle Heights. Okay. Where's like Boyle Heights, by the way? East LA. Okay. So that's like, now today, everyone just assumes like that that's just all Mexican. But like okay. back in the day, that was a very like white slash Jewish neighborhood. And so like, they were like the first ones to move in. Um, you know, my grandmother was part of a mixed marriage because my, mm. my grandfather was white and my, and Protestant. And so like my great grandmother just hated my grandmother because she just assumed that she was Catholic, very traditional Mexican, which they weren't. My, my great grandparent, my Mexican great grandparents were very non-religious. They're just like, whatever. And she was mostly an only child for her whole life. So it's like not very typical Mexican. Like my great grandparents had difficulty. So she was the only <laughs> child. What? <laughs> Yeah, oh, kids that had a hard time conceiving. They did. You don't hear that every day. Sorry, I, I know. To. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. What is so funny about this? <laughs> no, they they did. They had a hard time conceiving, and and so Nana was an only child until she was like sixteen. Oh um, dang! Yeah. No way, really. So then okay. they then they had her her brother, my mom's uncle, but she's basically like an only child. And so it's like not very typical Hispanic upbringing, but they were very, but my great grandparents were very traditional Mexican, just not religious. Mm -hmm. And they weren't very particularly conservative, but like, you know, like she grew up in that, growing up in Boyle Heights, being the only Mexican girl, having like parents like talk shit to her. Like, you know, like she wasn't allowed to like come over to like for play dates and stuff like that. No way. Okay. She's like, too the, dark. The white families wouldn't let her. And she's not very dark. No, like that is fair. Yeah, very, very fair. fair. Yeah. Um, she's not white. And then she grew up, they moved, they eventually moved to Whittier. They moved to the suburbs and she met my grandfather, white Protestant, my great grandparents. Great grandmother did not like her because she just assumed all these stereotypes. And then she went into the workforce. And so then she also had like that gender dynamic mm -hmm. of, you know, so she's got like the race card and the gender dynamic trying to fight in corporate America. So she's, you know, got a very unique perspective on the world. But Nana's a boss, mind mm -hmm. you. Nana climbed the corporate, the corporate ladder with no college education. Nana worked at Bank of America for what, 30? 1960. 30, 40 years. 45. And retired as a fucking vice president. Wow. She's a fucking boss. And yeah. You know why I'm smiling so big? Because my grandma and grandma B worked at Bank of America. See? Like, I, that's mom so there funny. Too. Yeah. That's so random. But it's... So let me put into perspective Josh's mother. Because I... This woman is... She's a beast. And for all the right reasons. So she camps every year for three... Uh, two to three months. She, she, she was, camps? She's, a, she's a retired li librarian. Camps, what I mean, is she's going in her 39-foot coach, like going up to the mountains. Like it, she she doesn't camp. She clamps. But she had this neighbor, and she, this neighbor told her, they were talking just about kids, and she's like, yeah, I have four, four boys. And when we got there, she introduced me as, a, oh, this is my son-in-law, and I got three daughter-in-laws. And this lady's like, but don't you have four boys? And she says, did I ask you if your kids were straight? <gasps> That's how his well, mother her, rolls. No, like the lady said, oh, I didn't know your son was gay. She's like, well, I didn't know your kids were straight. Yeah, like <gasps> mama don't play. Like uh -huh. it's what's up with, with but I equality. Love that. Like, I yeah. love it. So yeah. that's why I say like I hit the I hit the jackpot when it comes when to in-laws in because yeah. I've got great brother-in-laws, great sister-in-laws mm -hmm. now that they're all married. And it's funny because all four boys 
married white girls, including myself. <laughs> so it's by like accident. No, by I think accident. it's by, by design. No, um, we all did everything. I mean, we grew up in Ranch Cucamonga, which is a very diverse community. Like, yeah, you know, that's in bro- the IE. It is in the IE. You know, I was fortunate. We went, you know, it was a very, I don't know how it is now because I haven't lived there for like 10 years, but when we were growing up, it was very mixed. Yeah. Like socioeconomically, mm-hmm. ethnically, religiously. Like, you know, we, it was kind of weird too because the Inland Empire at that time was very conservative, mm-hmm. but Rancho was this unique melting pot where you had every walk of life. Yeah. I know it's just it's just funny. So that that's our coming out stories and kind of where our family stands within this. And to this day, I invite my parents over and they'll, they'll ask, "Is Josh going to be home?" Like they want like, to see. What him. do they mean they, by that? They, they're asking. They want to. I they just, want to see you. Socially but awkward. They don't know how to accept it. They don't know how to. My mother does not tell her friends that she has a gay oh, son. Oh really? Okay. It's. And when I meet them, it's like, oh, honey, your son's gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody else knew that. But like when I met you, I thought you, I didn't know. That just kills me. Bless I mean, your heart. Bless your heart. Me. I've never seen a gay man with, or a straight man, excuse me, with a, a leather Calvin Klein jacket that like, matches his even, shoes. I mean, I had no idea. Like, like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, that's interesting. He's I also thought sneakers. she was my boss. Have you yeah, seen his I mean, ring? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just, yeah. oh, we I were both this, just murmur. My ring is shiny and I've got a very small diamonds on it. Like maybe a half a carat it's, or a quarter carat even. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to like trade that in for a new model. Like he's like, I did years. the first one. I traded don't the first put, one. This is my upgrade. Don't put that in those. But yeah, my ring is very in. shiny. So I'm, Aaron, I've told you guys this before. I used to fly a lot for work and without fail. And mind you, I'm a bougie cunt. So I always sit in first class, if not business. Um, I don't sit in the back. That's just not going to happen. I'll I'll miss my flight on purpose. He likes to go. Yeah. When you go on plane, girls, you got to go left, not right. Right is for peasants. Left is for those who made it. Um, so, <laughs> But without fail, the flight attendant will always comment on my ring. And I'm just like. Oh, really? I get comments on it all the time because it's not gaudy, but it's it's just the right little amount of shine. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's very yeah. petite. It's and you guys, mind you, it's like a thousand dollar ring. It's not like I'm fucking rocking twenty thousand dollars worth of diamonds. You're um, not J Lo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Thanos. I mean J Lo, <laughs> <laughs> Lord or Queen of the Rings, honey. Yeah. God, that bitch. She got. They're saying over thirty million dollars of the rocks from no boys. No way. Is that thirty one? million dollars? Uh, Whose dick I gotta suck to get thirty million dollars? All the I can rock? think not of mine. is that. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is that Ginny on the Block song where she's like, don't I, be fooled by the rocks that I got. Yeah. You know that way? She got fucking two handfuls, bitch. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I mean, she's giving Tom Brady a run for his money. That's One crazy. more. Tom Brady, you out of the MVP. Uh, who do you think's next there, by the way? I was like trying to figure that out myself. For Jayla? Yeah. I mean, she can pull whatever she wants. I mean, maybe she'll go after Mariah Carey's ex-boyfriend from Australia, the most wealthiest man there. Oh, I don't even know who that is. The Sony guy, yeah. Well, no, that's her ex-husband. Mariah Carey's ex-husband owns Sony. That's how how Mariah Carey got her money. She is vocalist, absolutely, and she's made millions of dollars from it. But she started out with a $200 million pad because that's what she got in her divorce from marrying the CEO or owner of Sony prior to her becoming a vocalist. So she's self-made. This is all pre-Nick Cannon. Yeah, but she's, (laughs) yeah, fucking Nick Cannon only has money because he fucked Mariah Carey. Because he's a goddamn I'm glad doorknob. Aaron is setting the record straight because I am learning so much right now. God, I can't stand that, Kenan. And if y'all watch The Masked Singer, that motherfucker need to take his goddamn turban off. 
<laughs> he wears a turban. On what? The masked singer. I don't even know what that hey, is. Hey, listeners, if shot. you know what I'm talking about, don't you just want to smack that shit off his head? I have no idea what you're talking about. And his about. shoes are always covered in rhinestones. He has a he has a $2 million pair of fucking Ferragamo loafers, loafers, excuse me, that are encrusted with diamonds. $2 million worth of shoes. I'd be scared to hit a rock or a curb or fall down because my ass is clumsy. And my diamonds fall all over I'm the place. I'm scared to step in dog shit. I was afraid when we went to, to Italy, I was afraid to buy like a nice pair of loafers because they're like a fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. But Ferragamos are Ferragamos. So we ended up buying a very expensive handbag because we're gays. Did, <laughs> did you guys? Yeah, we did. We ended up buying a very nice um, leather handbag. Leather handbag. Have it's, I ever seen you carry it? No, because it sits in the closet all day. Because oh I will say, I'll I was bring at, it to the park when we have our brunch. Yeah. yeah, please bring it to the park. I would love to see it. I I was at the Grove yesterday, and I will say, it, in what I know of like gay culture and stuff, like I love nothing more than watching like a gay couple walk by because they are more fabulous than anybody within how whatever radius but there is this very cute couple and the man had on like a pair of shants okay. with a very nice they love their ankles honey. yes oh my gosh and they, they were nice kinkles, they were not so. kinkles at all and he had on his dior he had on a dior bag and then his boyfriend or husband or whomever you know they were cute they were holding Louis hands Tom? he had on very coochie. um oh, coochie cutters where you lift your legs and your balls fall out and, and, and they were <laughs> it happens. they were salmon pink and Josh just ordered some. They're coming you, this week. They, they were really nice. I mean, they looked great together, but I would like watch them walk by and I was like, okay, I checked that out. Yeah. yeah. Mine aren't coochie cutter. My balls won't fall out. If it's hot, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be really hot. <laughs> like the sun is at the earth. Uh, <laughs> we got 30 seconds God. before we die. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. <laughs> Too funny. I can't even, I kind of have a, like a little bit of a bellyache because I think we drank so much champagne. So let me ask you this, Aaron. Oh, you're going to, oh God, you're turning the tables. I'm going to turn the tables on you. When no. did you come out to your parents as straight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, when so did I, I come no, out No, let's straight? talk about that because I think that's a big missing piece of the puzzle that people don't realize of coming out is not just sexual. It's mm-hmm. about race. It's mm-hmm. about there's multiple different factors there and knowing your story is mm-hmm. something I think that I've never heard on your podcast is mm-hmm. how did you approach that situation? Because I know for, for a fact and mama Ramsey, I apologize if this is a little too forward, but there was a, a point where it was almost terrifying to have that conversation mm-hmm. to tell your parents who you loved or who you were interested in because you didn't want to get disapproval from the fam. Yeah. What did that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something I've struggled with for a very, very long time. So I dated out to my race at a fairly young age. I mean, I I think I dated a lot of Asian men when I was in middle school. Look at his face right now. He's shocked. But I mean, in Reading, the Reading isn't primarily white, I would say. Reading is a little bit of a melting pot, but there was a huge Asian population. And so- At least um, the food was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, but back then, like, my palate was, like, mac and cheese and, like, I Basic mean, white you bitch. know, yeah, it was, like, yep. mac and cheese and, like, you know, chicken stars and that kind of thing. It was, it was and the sizzler. And the sizzler. Like, the sizzler oh, was, like, the Malibu place chicken, to go. Girl. I would go to the bars. sizzler and eat so much that when I came home, I'd have to lay on the floor and, like, unbutton my pants. <laughs> That's what, like, and that life that. was like. We mm-hmm. have to take you to Steak and Sign here in Pico Rivera. 
you'll Same. you'll take your pants off in the in the restaurant. It's you'll just keep eating. And then get kicked out. Nope, because we'll have our pants off too. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Anyways, sorry. But yeah, so I mean, I think that was like probably middle school and then high school. I dated my first black guy and. I remember even judgment within like my friend circle about that. And it, because there weren't that many, like Reading was not diverse in that regard. Unicorns. And, and I don't think that went over very well with my parents at that point in time. And then I went to college and I went to a private school and it was predominantly white. But it's all girl also. No, it was not all girl. Oh, I thought you went to, okay, that's good news. But I bet you the female to male ratio was like 90 to 10. Like, wow. It was so female dominant like my first my first year like my freshman year I lived on like the third floor of a six floor unit female dorm and that was a lot of estrogen (laughs) especially because I am such a tomboy and I am also kind of usually like normally one of the dudes and so it was very weird for me plus I went from like kind of being a partier in high school and like having had experiences. And then I came to a place where- Celibacy is celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like people didn't, people didn't drink. They hadn't ever tried alcohol. Like there were all these different things. And I was like, where am I? I didn't fit in at all. And there were, kid you not, like four black people in my entire college campus. They were all male. I don't recall any black females. And they were all straight up from Africa. So like Kenya, Ghana, um, uh, Zimbabwe, yep. yeah, they like, and so I learned a little bit of Swahili because, of course, I, <laughs> of course, I befriended. You know, before. Yeah. Like, girl, like, what your name is? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, but I was like ridiculous because I was raised in such a place that like. I didn't understand that there was like this world beyond the United States. And so for me to talk to somebody who was from Africa, I was like, literally, I was like, do you guys ride on camels? But I was being serious. Like I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I was being serious because I didn't know. Like I was like, wait a minute, like what is it like over there? And so for me to like learn that in other countries, it's basically like the United States, just different. I was like, really? You guys have houses. (laughs) roads is there a grocery store there you're not killing goats on the side of the road you know like I had no idea that like it was sheer like naive ignorance very ignorant and and so I learned and what I what I loved is I learned about cultures and I learned about traditions and that kind of bothered me about and this sounds terrible because I am white but like white culture I'm like you look at Hispanic culture and you're like dancing like you have these like they have culture they have culture yeah. and they have like these traditions with like food and da, da, da. And I'm like what do we have I was like we have Thanksgiving burgers which and, is a racist fucking holiday we have like burgers <laughs> and fries from McDonald's you know what I mean like fries it kind of bothered France. me but like African culture like one thing I really loved is is my boyfriend in college he would cook me these traditional African meals we would sit on the floor we would eat with our hands yeah. and, and like I know that sounds so weird, but I loved it. That's and Somali I, or I like soaked East it up. African, I was like, yeah. this is so cool. I really loved it. And then um, you know, I was part of the church back then and I I was an usher greeter at the Rock Church. That's where I worked at the Rock Church. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, how do we not know In this? San Bernardino. Oh, how funny. Okay. So Miles McPherson is the pastor of the Rock Church in San Diego. He was a former Charger player. That's why she was there. Yeah. So I obviously felt like pretty like drawn and and called into that church. And, And I did. I volunteered a lot of my time. I think that's where I like first kind of 
like group hair or like realized that it was okay to be diverse because I was listening to this pastor speak who his ex-girlfriend had had an abortion and he had done drugs and stuff back in his day. So this was not a Catholic church. It was, no, no. No. But he was so real and he was so relatable that that's why people came. That's why people came. People came because life. they felt accepted because they felt like they could thrive in that space and and that like they weren't exiled for their behavior, their choices, and like they got a second chance. But I think that's where I really like came in tune with like, okay, I'm really drawn to other races and other ethnicities and and I was open to it. And and my mom and I have had the discussion because in my high school days, you know, with my sexual assault like history and that being a white person, I think my mom thinks that I just feel more comfortable with men that of a different, aren't, different flavor. Yeah, because she thinks that, like, to me, like, it's a sense of safety versus that. But I think you were hugely impactful in my feeling comfortable with that, too, because I really? watched you and your story. Because prior to meeting you as well, like, I didn't really have any gay friends. I didn't really know what that was about. I remember, I think it was, like, maybe in 2000. Seven or eight, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was the big bill that was getting passed. Section eight, he knows all about it. What year was that? Prop eight. Prop eight. Prop eight. eight, Something else. Section eight, yeah. Section eight is for the, (laughs) section eight is for people who can't afford housing. But we're talking Prop 8, guys. Prop 8. Prop 8. But I remember, and I remember, like, at that time being in Temecula, and Temecula has a bit of a conservative vibe, and there were a lot of people who did not believe in gay marriage and were fighting against it. And I don't think I really understood what was happening because I didn't have anybody in my inner circle. I mean, mind you, I came from a very conservative town. Then I went to a private school. And in that private school— moved to a conservative town. Yeah, and then— I mean, in my private school, I don't recall anybody. If if there were, maybe there were, but nobody was outright. I'll with tell it. you this: if you had a six-story building of all females, there was a lot of box eating going on, honey. <laughs> oh but you just God. were not part of those circles. I it guarantee was, you. It was not part. It was, it was like part. don't ask, don't tell. How many U-Hauls did you see out front? Excuse me? How many U-Hauls did you see I off I saw front? a lot of Subarus. I don't know what the U-Haul... What's yeah. the U-Haul mean? We'll tell the U-Haul story another day because that's fucking funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, God. I know Subarus and Birkenstocks. And I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and then in Temecula, you know, I, I didn't really know. And so I don't think it really was until... I moved from Temecula to Manhattan Beach, and then we started our job on Easter Sunday, which was funny because, you know— We really did. Yeah, most people are, like, celebrating with their families, and we were flying across country to— Right? Yeah. To fucking Vermont, and then we We ended up stuck in Detroit, wasn't it? No, 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 that was the next year. Sorry, keep going. the next year, yeah. And then I met you, and then I spent some time with you, and then I met Josh, and then I was like— how could any, literally, I remember having this thought to myself, and I remember actually talking to my mom about it too. She could, she could attest to this, but I remember saying like, mom, how could anybody look at this relationship and say like they don't deserve to be married and they don't deserve to have the same rights as a married couple has? Like, I'm like, honestly, and I don't mean this because you're sitting right in front of me, but like, honestly, you guys function way better than a lot of heterosexual couples I know. Because we don't have vaginas. Well, no. <laughs> I don't think that's why. I had to. I had to. I had to. I don't think that's why. But I mean, I think 
If you think about your inner circle, like think about it really quickly, your inner circle and all the couples that you're friends with, like really out of those couples, how many do you know that are truly happy, who truly have this like love and this bond with one another? Like a lot of people stay in relationships for the wrong reasons. Kids, Kids, money, it's convenient, it's comfortable. Like that's not- But you're masturbating every night by yourself. Like that's just not healthy. Appearance, right, appearance, yeah, yeah. Society, exactly. society acceptance. Appearance is huge. They want that family Christmas photo on that Christmas card that they send to everybody. But like, like spending two minutes with you guys, like it's apparent that you love one another and that you're also super compatible. And like, it's so sweet. Like Josh is like rubbing your back right now, and I'm gonna cry. And Charlie's sleeping. And knows, you can't come over here. She'll bite you. I won't go. <laughs> I ain't fucking coming here. So wait, so hold on, because I think we kind of, we deviated from from the actual question. And I, I still want, I think it's important for people to know. How did you approach your family with the relationship you're in today? Because I know that was recently aired. Mm-hmm. Like, how did your parents react to it? Mm-hmm. And how do you feel going to them with it? Because I think there's a big difference between 2015 when we met mm-hmm. and it opened up your eyes and you had the initial conversation with your mother to 2021. Six years is not a lot of time, but it's mm-hmm. a there's a lot of growth and progression there for right. both your family as mm-hmm. well as yourself. Because obviously she manifested a unicorn. I did. Well, I would say too, like even if you look back, like on my list to the universe, yeah. if you look back my initial list, I put Caucasian and I put a question I mark that. next to I put a question mark next to it. And that question mark was not written post that date. That that question mark was written in 2015 because I think like I thought that that was like expected of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think that I felt a pressure to choose somebody who was white, but like really but in reality. But why? Is that society or is that family acceptance? I think it was a little of both. both. That's a big question. Yeah, I, I think I, that that's I fair. Do, I do think it was a little of both. I think one, it it's the path of least resistance. Absolutely. And so for somebody like myself who isn't very outspoken, who is pretty passive and doesn't really like confrontation, I felt like, well, if I get a second shot at, at love, because I was in a in, in a, mar- a bad marriage or whatever, like whatever. why would it I why would is. I put myself back into a difficult situation? So a path of least resistance. But then I felt like I was obviously more attracted to somebody with a darker skin tone. And so yeah. like we experienced that. Like you always knew that. And like we would always be hunting for the unicorn and stuff. And so I don't even really know if I knew how to approach it when like this situation came up. I mean, because this one moved fast and it's very healthy. It is. It's probably the healthiest relationship I've ever been in, which is really like actually embarrassing and sad to say. Yeah. I mean, my, my really good friend, Lorraine, who I think we've talked about before, she actually was an employee of mine in my, my old job. I remember her telling me that my healthiest relationship she had ever seen me in was my one post my marriage, which, which is rebound. 
which also was not a healthy relationship at all and was basically like the relationship that broke me that led me here. And so I don't really think I've ever had a healthy relationship until now. And like even even today, not to divert too much, but like sometimes when things happen and we like communicate it through, I'm like, whoa, is this, is this like... You actually want to talk through this? Yeah. So it's not just as a matter of fact. It's right. my, or, my opinion matters. Like, your opinion matters. Let's come to a, a mutual conclusion. Or his thoughtfulness. Like even yesterday we were going to walk to the Grove and we were like... 10 minutes into the walk and he looked over and he's like, you're really cold right now. And I was like, yeah, but I was like, I'll tough it out. Because I knew like from previous relationships, yeah. like don't complain, just freaking go do it or whatever. And like, you know, again, past of least, path of least resistance. And he was like, no, 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 we're going to go get the car and we're going to like drive. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, but like, I just, I, I never. It's have somebody care about you, right? Yeah, it's... I never, I've never had that. But I think in this situation, the only the key difference is the effort in which he put forth to actually pursue me, sending that video to my mom, letting my mom see that. Oh, and you sent a video it. to your mother? I did. Oh, you I sent did. the video. I thought he meant his, uh, made his own video oh, for no, your mother. Oh, no, no, okay. no. Yeah, but I sent, I I like, sent the video on, come on. To, to my mom. And then and then also, I think that was probably like a stair step, right? Yeah. So so she saw the video and she saw like he's educated and all that. Because I think at the Thoughts end of, of the- of education. He's, he's chasing for the right reasons. It wasn't right. because he's lustful. It wasn't, mm-hmm. be, I mean- Obviously, it's part of it, right? That's yeah, mutual attraction is, is everything, chemistry. but chemistry is everything. But the fact that he did it with such poise and just like well thought out, it's like that. that's pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, then probably like the cherry on top or whatever you want to call it, when he and I recorded our episode together and um, I mean, I, I think not just even with my mother, but like even my aunt, it'll make me teary eyed because like my aunt listened to that and like her response to me was just like, whoa, she's like, you found your person. And I was like, yeah, well, he found me. But you put it out there, girl, if without the manifestation and putting it in the universe, you'd still be single. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean. And you've only known me as single, so. But you can't go out for the last 12 months to go find this fucking unicorn, right? right. Like, like just in this situation for it to, to manifest was like, when Aaron first called me, and was like, hey, I'm going to send you this video. I don't know where this goes, but I need you to to like read into this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. So she sent it to me. And then first thing I said to her is like, girl, you've been preaching this. No, mind you, been preaching this situation for fucking years. And mm-hmm. it's finally coming to fruition. Take advantage of it. Run with it. Because we had this joke. And this is where the, 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 the unicorn comes from is Aaron wanted which is kind of funny because he doesn't check all the boxes in this mm-hmm. respect, but through growth, who gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. It was, she wanted a man who's never been married, doesn't have kids, has money, self-sufficient, has his own home, never been divorced, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then throw in a race card on it, regardless of race, that's a fucking unicorn. It could be Asian, Pakistani, white guy. Like <laughs> that's a lot because we're not 22 years old. Right. At 22, you could expect that. But once you hit 30, 35, I mean, that's a legit... Unifucking mm-hmm. corn. Mm-hmm. And she sends me this video and was just like, I think I found a unicorn. Yeah. And, but Aaron, and how crazy kind of is awesome. it? How crazy is it that he has a tab on his website like that's a unicorn? I'm just saying like the stars have you guys, like that, like he hasn't touched <laughs> that website in a very long time. He needs somebody to do some SEO, SEO, okay. Can't do it. Okay. 
She, can you help with that? Yeah. yeah. We can help with that. If you're listening, we both did this for a living for a long, long time. <laughs> but I mean, like, Wait. that to me. <laughs> Jamar, Jamar, turn your volume up, honey. We can fix that. <laughs> but, you know, like, that to me was like, oh, shit. Like, th- like that's not a coincidence. It was stars. It, it, that it is aligned. not a coincidence. It's called fate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's. Makes me excited, but also makes me nervous, as I told you earlier, right? Mind you, we're on three bottles of champagne. But the first bottle, I I, I was like, Aaron, I go, is it moving too fast? Like, it's, I mean, your January relationship, we're sitting here in March, and we're talking about major, major moves as a relationship. And yeah. she legit, dead in the eye, no issues. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable. It, there are some going to be some pains and some growing, some growing up to do. But... Mm-hmm. There's no fear, which is even mm-hmm. more like when your heart is safe and your brain is settled. I mean, fucking run with it. You only live one life, right? What right. do you have to lose? Well, I mean, I remember you telling Everything, me that specifically. <laughs> do you remember FaceTiming me at Christmas? And it wasn't necessarily about the relationship because the relationship didn't exist then. It was about work. And do you remember what you told me? Because it stuck with me. I he don't. has no fucking clue. I, I can tell remember. by the look on his face because he was like good advice 18, if I'm drunk. He was 18 bottles deep. Yeah, typical. Do you remember, Josh? You were in the FaceTime. What did I say? You looked at me and you said, Aaron, you said, your parents love you and they care about you, but they're only going to be around for like the next Excellent. 20 years or whatever, you know, which, which hopefully is... Hopefully 40. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, hopefully 40. But you were like, the worst thing you could do is to make decisions that will appease them, but not honor you. Right. Because then after they pass and when you're like in the thick of what comes with those decisions... And your heart and your desires and your wants and your needs aren't met, you're going to be really upset and you're going to have regret. Regret. You don't want to live with regret. That's the number one thing I think I live with is I don't have regret in anything that I ever do. I fuck up, right? We all do. But if you own it, process it, move on. If you set it and let it manifest, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. And you're going to live in that. Like if you were making decisions in December or November to appease your parents because mama... Catherine, mm-hmm. and I don't know your dad's name, but the Ramseys, Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey, if they only want, and they're coming from a place of love and financial stability for what you want, like they want you to be successful. They want you to be stable. They don't want you to stress on the small things in life. And the small things in life are finances, in my opinion. It's major, but it's also small because life will still go on if you're broke or not. But that is a reason like, that a lot of people get divorced. Absolutely. But if you do that to appease them because you want to be the apple in their eye, you're mm-hmm. fucking yourself out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the healthy yeah. place to be. So I didn't realize I said that, but sometimes I have to sit back yeah, and realize- Yeah, you did. Like, you said it to me on FaceTime when I think I was yeah. bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But sometimes, I mean, I just got to say things. I mean, it's... Yeah, but you know me also to my core. You're a people pleaser. pleaser. Yeah, and so I think, like, too, you can definitely pick up if something's off, which, like, I think, too... Call me now. I'm Cleo. Fuck, I died in 1998. (laughs) She did? I don't know, but she died years ago. I didn't know that. She said she's going to live to 77, and she died at 62. She was a fucking fraud. (laughs) Is that a true story? She didn't see it coming. She didn't see it coming. (laughs) And she wasn't even Jamaican. She, it was a fake accent. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, we got some money to be picked up on the streets. These people will pay for anything. <laughs> oh God. I'm missing out because I need to supplement my income. Uh, uh, not saying. 
Dude, <laughs> we could borrow Nick Turbin, Nick Nick Cannon's turban, and we could be. We could Does be he the, have a turban? I'm not joking. Ball. He's got like 30 different turban colors. Is I it mean, a turban line? It looks like he's like the Papa Power Ranger. Like <laughs> Papa Power Ranger. Like he What's looks that? like he's like he's a Power Ranger. Like you look like you push the button and a light will come out, and he's like those cheap cartoons. You know, like I don't. I don't I know where I'm going either, but it's a disaster. We need to Google mm. that bitch. It's disaster. I will. I will. I think it's culturally inappropriate, in my opinion, and I'm very culturally inappropriate. So, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> By the way, I think I owe you now for therapy because I mean I feel better. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, poor Here's Josh. Has- <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can screenshot my QR code. <laughs> Goes directly to our bucket. And poor Josh always has to listen to us talk our shit through, which is probably just like torture. Josh, can I, I mean, just so. ask he you? He processes things. He does. But Josh, when you first met me, were you like, oh my God, this bitch? And like, why is he like? <laughs> why is he attached no. to her already? Do you remember the first time that I met you though? Okay, hold on. Let me think back. I can't think that far. <laughs> I'm trying to, okay. Give me, give me a place. It was work. the Montreal trip. Oh, oh shit! Okay, <laughs> that so, was the first time. We, also, well, okay, that was so well, not no, us though. That Let was me, a long weekend. So, we were exhausted. So Aaron's telling my Aaron is telling me all this. Like, oh my god, you got to meet Aaron. She's so crazy. We're gonna go to Montreal. We're gonna party so hard. It's gonna be so nuts and blah blah blah. And we get there, and you're sick as a dog. Was I sick as a dog? You were I, sick. You were, and we were exhausted you were because so sick. That Monday when we flew out to to Burlington, Vermont, we. Missed our flight, and we ended up staying in Detroit. Me and Patrick. Yes, we slept for like what three hours. Three hours, yeah. and then and then we showed up into this meeting with about two hundred people, and we walk in with luggage. We've slept three <laughs> hours. We've been traveling for twenty four. We are a fucking hot mess, and that's on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Meetings over Thursday night. My husband Josh flies up. Friday uh-huh. to Burlington meets us with a rental car, picks us up at the hotel, and then we drive two hours north of Montreal to go party for the weekend. And me and Aaron are just like lumps on the log, like, can we just cuddle in the back seat and well, pass out? Well, like, probably, <laughs> no, Aaron had a cold or something. Too yeah, she was at that time. So it's like you slept and the next day you were fine, but like Aaron was, was genuinely tired. under the weather. Yeah. So like she was like trying to rock it out with us the whole weekend. And we would go out. We'd do like dinner and drinks and then go back to the hotel, drop her off. And then you and I would go out and continue. Well, that's because we went to strip clubs and they didn't allow females to come in. True, that too. And she was okay with that, but you were running to sleep. I was fine with it, but I was really bummed when I missed the drag queen night. But there was two major or three major things that happened that that trip that I'll never forget. Yeah, a girl tried to kiss me and I freaked out. I don't. That's not part of my three. (laughs) 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 The first one is... We were on a fucking hunt for Team Tequila Patron shots. Oh, And they yes. don't have tequila in. Yes. They don't have Patron. Oh, so we Canada. In Canada. So we are walking through Montreal. All, mind you, we've been like 10 bars that day. And we are walking by this hotel. And all of a sudden, Aaron looks in and sees this fucking diamond <laughs> on the counter. And she's like, it's Patron. So we go in. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, I don't even know what this is, but you guys could have some. So he pours us. Fills up the so whole fucking the shaker. whole shaker. So this is like eight for shots. three shots for seven dollars each Canadian dollars. So five fifty American. He didn't know what to charge us. So he comes in. He's like fifteen dollars or whatever it was. Twenty twenty Canadian dollars. So we're like, oh, not a problem. Done. At the Abbey, so this is twenty eight we'll each. <laughs> so then he shakes it up, and this damn thing, the shaker, probably has twelve ounces of tequila in it, which is if a shot is one and a half. So we each get a shot. 
he leaves us be, I there. This. And what uh-huh. does Josh do? And Josh is the conservative one out of the group as far as like, <laughs> he, like I'm the crazy one. Aaron's the one that is just there to support the bitch. Josh is the, the voice of reason that's going to bail Aaron and I out of jail. So Josh jumps, leans over the bar and grabs the shaker and is like, fuck it, more shots for all of us. So we sat there and drank. Well, he left us by ourselves. He did, We yeah. left our 21 Canadian dollars. We took him very well. No, uh-huh. we'd, go, we'd be in jail. Trust me, yeah. our friend Ethan went there for we that. We have a friend that went to jail for that. Um, in West Hollywood. So he reached over to get some mixer because his drink was too, too strong and they thought he was grabbing liquor and he went to jail for the night. You can't touch the bar in California. They'll fuck you up. Anything over behind the bar. Yeah. So that was the big one. The second one is we were at this gay bar having drinks and Aaron had to pee, but the the restroom was in the dungeon. So, or in the basement, kind of a dungeon. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll go with you. So there's a urinal trough there. And for those of us guys, it's like a baseball stadium, but there's two stalls. One stall, this man's legs are hanging out. He's butt naked and he's masturbating and the door's cracked open. We walk in and he's just like looking at us like, ooh, a man and a woman. And I pee in the trough. It's full view, whatever. It is what it is. Didn't approach me because he was disappointed. But then Aaron's in the, in the room and she's like, I'm not shutting the door. Like, Aaron, I need you to block this because if this motherfucker comes under the counter, we're going to have a problem. And so that was the funny one. Uh-huh. And then the third one. That was called the Sky Lounge. Or the, the Sky, Sky Lounge. Uh-huh. And then we were coming back through the border. Aaron is so hungover and sick. She is sleeping in the back seat. I have her, her I passport. I give the passport to the security guard or whatever, the border patrol agent. And he goes, ma'am, I need you to get up. Are you being held beyond your will? Are they, no, yes. Are they stealing you back from Canada into the United States? And we're like, bitch, we're married. And she's a female. Like, no, we're not stealing, Aaron. But it and, was fucking hilarious. And keep in mind, it looked like they're fucking like we were like encountering like an alien mothership because there were so many fucking cameras at the goddamn like border. Like she's gonna jump out the backseat. Like and run. they were taking like a holographic photo, like three D imaging us. I don't remember that. Those of you guys all. who know, Aaron was not running. If you, she won't run if something's chasing her. She's gonna give up. <laughs> she does not do cardio. No. <laughs> she does Peloton. One of- <laughs> One of my favorite takeaways from this trip was, okay, so like we knew that we were doing Montreal for months in advance. So I was studying French for like months, trying to learn just like little basic bits. And Aaron, my Aaron, was yelling at me like, you're wasting your fucking time. It's such a fucking waste of time. Why are you bothering? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's Canada. They speak English. I'm like, babe, it's Quebec. They speak French. It's a different part of Canada. They did not speak English. Right? Exactly. So the main street, Saint-Marie, they speak English. You go one block north. They don't know what the fuck you're saying. Remember, we went and ventured off. We went to that one cafe. Poutine? I remember poutine. We did get some poutine, but, but we went to this. That? What was that cafe? Which was like Denny's. Um, that one? You oh, remember Cora's. Cora's. bitch. We went off the main drag. Four times. To explore. And we went to this little cafe. And there was one shopkeeper, this cute little Quebecois girl. She didn't speak a lick of English. And you guys were so thankful that I had at least bothered to study at least a few basic phrases. So hold on. So Josh spent some time in London during in college, right? Like many, many months in college in London. It's weird we didn't run across each other. But here's the kicker. You're, you're two years apart. I know. He was there for senior years. You were graduated. But here's the kicker. He keeps telling me the story how he went, like, he spoke enough French to get by and with food and numbers, right? And I was like, okay. So he goes, I went to this restaurant and ordered the beef, le beef. And it was fucking beef intestines and oh, tongues. Oh, that was in Paris. You're and, telling people in London. I know, speak no, English in no, no, no. So they went to Paris. 
They went to Paris and he ordered dinner and he's like, I ordered the beef and it was fucking tongue and intestines and it was the nastiest thing I ever had. So I was like, why are you wasting your time? You're going to fuck me up with a meal anyways. Like that was my logic, but it ended up saving our ass. So what was your favorite story, Aaron, from, from Montreal? <laughs> no, from you, Montreal. Told, you told people half the story about when I went to Paris, which is completely unrelated to us going to Montreal. <laughs> well, no, I, no I, I, I tied it back because you were learning French and you spoke enough French while you were in Paris. And I missed the whole bridge okay. of that conversation. No. And, and you all figured out the I'm, part that I wasn't the only person there at that dinner. There were other people there, some of whom were native French speakers Ooh. and didn't bother to tell me that I was ordering intestine. <laughs> it's like it's like French menudo. Do you remember when I used to do that all the time? Just what ordering different no, languages? No, when I used to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget why I did that. I don't know either. I was on a kick of doing. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I think I blacked out the entire Montreal trip because I don't remember any of that. I, if I was being <laughs> taken back to the U.S. of A. against my will, I have no recollection of it. I don't. All I remember is being in the back seat so of that sick. car. And that was when Adele's hello was very popular. And I feel like all I did the whole time was sing like, hello from the other side. That's why the cops stopped us. because They thought you were fucking taking us back to the United States. The other side. Do you remember that song though? And then we went. Also How do you forget the, it? It's one of the best the, ballads We also in went to the Adele concert. That was fun. Oh, we did go to the Adele we concert. We got some that really fun funny. memories. We do. Are we at like seven hours in? <laughs> It feels like I've been talking for a long time. It does. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat. Do, yeah. Oh, we, fuck. We have. It's We're at an hour 21. Oh, yeah. this is a long episode. There might be did two we, of them. Did we hit all the key points that you wanted to cover? I think, I think we did, but I think you should leave some nuggets. Um, so uh, let's talk jokes or let's talk something funny to wrap it up. Jokes. I think you need to give some advice to people who want to come out. Ooh. Mm. Or who haven't yet, or like Here's some, some words advice of I'll give you for I'll give you, rather than later. Yeah, I would say I'd agree with Josh. Do it sooner than later. But here's another thing: your circle is not going to collapse. Your family's not going to give up on you. They might give you a little bit of a rough run to where they don't speak to you for a little while, but they're going to come full circle and they're going to love you. And if you are a parent who is terrified of having a gay child, the only thing you need to bring to the table is love. Just give them hugs, give them loves, and Everything will fucking work out. And they're not just because they suck a dick or eat a pussy doesn't mean they're gonna change as a person. Like, period. They're gonna be the same person they were before they had that conversation than they're gonna be after. They might show up in drag, they might drive a, a Subaru, they might wear Birkenstocks, they might fucking live in Claremont. And what else do they got? What else what else happens here? <laughs> they might wear fanny packs, but guess what? They're still your child. Love them. It's a straight people thing. I feel like fanny packs are a straight people thing. Angel got one. He's a fucking queer as they come. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Angel. Uh, Does he wear fanny packs? I don't know, but he needs one because you're gay, honey. We need to have have an intervention with Angel. The other thing, too, I would say is that the gay community is so amazing, too. It's like... It's strong. Like, there are legit stories, like... You know, like you have your friend that just grew up in a very unaccepting environment. And and there are people that even today in 2021 are still in those types of situations. And it's like, you can change your situation. Like you can move. It's scary to move away from everything that you've known. But like, you know, there are so many welcoming gay communities. You know, you can insert yourself in almost any major city and, and go in any freaking gay bar and 
Like there's the chosen family is legit. It's very yeah. much a real thing. And use your community resources. Like use the shit out of them. They're there for a reason. They're there to support you. Befriend older gays. They are protective. They've been there, lived it, done it. They understand it. Do you guys have like on on Bumble, like you can do Bumble for dating or you can do Bumble to meet friends? Is there such an app where you can like not necessarily be like swiping to for. I wish we did because we don't have friends where we live because (laughs) we we work so damn much. And quite frankly, I mean, the friends that we do have in our community are from bar hopping or neighbors or something like that. But I'm not aware of any app set that allow that to connect on. I mean, I would be. That would be really, I think that would be really nice. Hold on. Stop talking about that bitch. We got to make some money. (laughs) That might be, (laughs) that might be something we could work on. (laughs) Idea. Idea. No, but like there are legit resources though, because like LGBT centers, like other organizations. Calling, just picking up the phone and speaking to somebody also. going Like gay bars still are a great place to meet friends and to build a network. Like putting You don't have to drink there. I mean, if you're a sober buddy and you're just there for, just to let your hair down and to put fucking lip gloss on because that's what you fucking feel like doing. Like go during like bingo night or like, like trivia night. Go like, early. Otherwise, go early. That's when yeah, the regulars like are there. Yeah, 11 o'clock on a Saturday. Is that happening now even in like COVID Not times? during COVID. Like, it, I mean, if you're outside be... of California and New York, it's happening. Go to Texas. <laughs> don't go to Texas. Yeah, don't. No, you no, might no. die from COVID. <laughs> well, and if you are in Texas, wear your fucking mask. No, fuck Abbott. Wear your mask. That's the governor, sorry. But I would say, honestly, is like, Lean on your resources. Your friends are always going to be there. If you come out, nobody fucking cares. You'd be amazed that it's more in your head and in your heart than it is in reality. Like, 100%. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because every gay man or woman has had those types of fears. And we all made it. Yeah. And, and like, everyone will be empathetic. Absolutely. And I've also heard some crazy stories of people going to, like, retirement communities and having that conversation with the older people. And those people have had friends or have had family and have had shunned and have had fucked over family members and they regret it and they're about to die. Those people are super relatable. They understand the struggle and they give the best fucking advice because it comes from love. It doesn't come from monetary. It comes from somebody that actually just wants to support you. So that's what I would say is reach out to the community. It's a lot stronger than you think it is. What do you think that straight people can do to be a better ally to the gay community. Oh, that's a hard one. No, I don't think it's that hard. Come party with us at the gay bar. (laughs) Well, (laughs) no, leave your wife at home. We like to get (laughs) blowjobs. Sorry, I had to. (laughs) That may be true. But no, I mean, I think like, you know, being vocal, I I think allyship, I mean, that's like allyship isn't just unique to the LGBTQ community. I Mm -hmm. think it, it like it, when you talk about like Black Lives Matter, when you talk mm-hmm. about like this month is the Women's Asian, Month, like Asian March is Women's right Month. Now that's happening. Yeah, like you know, even here in California, we're dealing with the Asian hate issue. Like allyship, regardless of whether it's LGBT, API, Black, female, whatever it is, it's about being vocal. It's about being out there. Like you know, like we've except for this year, obviously there was no Women's March, but like Aaron and I have gone every year since that happened because the women support your allies, be visible, mm-hmm. be vocal, like be out there. Cause I, I really do think that like, that makes a difference mm-hmm. there. You know, it, it's, 
it, it, it really does come down to changing hearts and minds one at a time. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's different for like me and Aaron as gay men to say equality is important. It's different for a straight person to say that. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing, whether when you, if you're talking about like, you know, female equality in the workplace, it's one thing for women to say, to talk about equal pay. It's another thing for men to Especially talk about equal male pay. Male and power mm-hmm. to come down and be like, I'm going to do this for females. Yeah. And, and it's that gap. Yeah. And same like Black Lives Matter, API hate. It's the same thing. It's like, it's all about just, you know, letting people be able to live their lives, be up, live to their full potential and just contribute to society. That's all anybody really wants is just to be accepted and be able to live up to their potential. Yeah. I love that. I love yourself. Yeah. Don't fucking hurt yourself for who you are. I mean, that that is the number one thing that bothers me in this community is, is people think because their mom might not talk to them for a couple months or might kick them out that they need to hurt themselves in order to satisfy mom and dad. Yeah. And that may be physical, that may be emotional, that may be mental, financially, whatever that may look like. Fuck them. You do you. And if you don't do you, no one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to put your foot forward and live your best life. And there's a there's a reason for that. And I, I say this all the time. You, these little boys and little girls that are running around in dad's work boots or mom's heels at eight years old, fucking support them. Fucking get some trash and cut it up. Make it rain for the kid. Like, let them be that little person and let them explore that creative side because without that, you don't have the acceptance that they have today. Like, I love it. Like, my my youngest brother and his, his oh, wife are, like, Mr. super accepting and super, like, just living this. They don't have know. a gender on their child. Yeah, they, they're, they're not putting, you. on my niece and nephew, they're not putting those types of stereotypes. Even we had to catch ourselves. We were FaceTiming with them a few months What's ago. Your, and, who's your girlfriend? You know, Anson was talking about, my nephew, Anson was talking about his friends and stuff. And I was like, oh, is that your girlfriend? And my sister-in-law was like, or it could be his boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's five. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. he's had that mentality instilled in him since he was a baby. But like his second Which year birthday. Completely different mentality than like what we grew up with. And mm-hmm. it's like, let him be like whoever he wants. Like, you know, this is the little kid that'll like walk down the sidewalk in, in an Elsa in dress, a, w- pushing a Tonka truck. Like, yeah, you know? yeah like, like his second birthday, he wanted to be fucking frozen. So, guess what? Every adult and every kid showed up in a fucking Elsa dress. Oh, and he like was two years old. And but he's like, and then they went and digged in the mud. Yeah, with his Tonka truck, and he's or he's you know butt naked in his little rain boots, and he's got big beautiful curly hair. But I mean, it's, it's just allow allow children to be children, and mm-hmm. regardless if they're one years old, five years old, fifteen, twenty five, allow yourself to be that person and just support them. That's all I would say. I love that. I think that's great, and quit, I love both of you. Quit fucking with people. <laughs> I don't. Just because they're different doesn't mean they're wrong. Unless they're different for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave well enough alone. I'm just saying. Wah, wah, wah. Downer. Thanks for tuning in to your Such a Catch. Do you feel like you just did a core workout? I do. He's something else, right? And to Josh, who has accepted me as the work wife and beyond, I love you. <laughs> If you've been struggling with coming out, maybe you don't know where to start, or you just need a sounding board, somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out to me at Aaron at yoursuchacatch.com. I will gladly connect you with Aaron and Josh. You're not alone. 
Just beware, once they take you under their wing, you'll be hitting the ATM machine outside the Abbey. You'll be throwing beads for eggplants off balconies in New Orleans, and you'll be living your best life. Trust me, my world is way more colorful with them in it. (laughs) All right, guys, until next week. Bye. Bye.